Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. The hawk will never die. Welcome back. We are in the week 12 recap edition of Hawk Hill Focus. It is your commissioner, Kyle Brandis. This time, I'm joined by not just one, but two other co-hosts. We're all back together, boys. We have Deputy Commissioner Sam Robinson joining us. Hi, Sam. How are you? Kyle, I'm phenomenal. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, Sam, and I just want to give a big shout out to Sam. Uh, last week, couldn't join us. He was doing something pretty important. Right there, Sam? Yeah, I was managing the waiver wire. Or uh, were you talking about the other thing? I was talking about the other thing, but I mean, that's also important. Yeah. Just out here giving out rings to people. So congratulations, Sam. We're all happy for you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Also joined us is our Hulk Hill Focus showrunner, who's finally back after probably about six or seven straight shows being absent. All right. All it's right. it's Mr. David Powis. David, I'm, I'm finally glad to have you here. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, Sam, congratulations. I, in my extended absence, was not proposing to my girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, neither have I. So... Congrats, Kyle. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm just congratulations saving. to Kayla. She's stuck with me for, uh, you know, pending eternity, I guess, once uh, the rest of that stuff goes through. But um, eternity with you. an asterisk. Before Kyle, we was, not not to oh. change the subject, but let's talk to David real fast. David, you understand when you got promoted to showrunner, it meant you were running the show, not running away from the show. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I am aware of that. Um, um, I appreciate you keeping me honest, Sam. Um, yeah, I can't make any promises moving forward that I'm not going to have another absence. Um, I am not the self-proclaimed Cal Ripken of this podcast. Um, I apologize. Um, you both mean a lot to me as do our listeners, uh, as does anchor. So I, 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 I am going to attempt to be better. As will I. I promise I won't get engaged anymore. So I should be back on the pod regularly on, on our recording nights. Bam, if you do that one more fucking time. And Kyle, <laughs> you and I, you and I just we don't let these hoes get us down. Exactly. Oh. No. No. Bros before hoes. Bro, bros and Julie before hoes. Fancy football before hoes. Exactly. Uh and David, I really think you took that to heart because this week you just put an absolute fucking beat down on Rob. Uh, right. It was about a 35-point difference. You won 112.76 to 75.6. Really not much to analyze here. Just, Justin Herbert finally had a good game for you, and Amon Ross St. Brown popped off. That's really all you needed to beat Rob. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not really going to spend much time because I know Rob doesn't listen when he loses. So sure. um, it was just nice to have like a, a really it was just nice to have a to have a good week. Like Justin Herbert finally played like a top five quarterback, which was really fun. Um Amon Ra finally for the first time like paid off since uh, I traded for him. Um I am very frustrated with Drake London because I feel like whenever I don't play him, he like he at least gets more targets and then I do play him and they remember that his quarterback is Marcus Mariota. And like they don't, they throw the ball like six times a game. So Drake Lund is just a problem. It's a problem for me. Traylon Burks uh, on my bench had a touchdown without actually catching a touchdown, which was pretty fun. Um, he recovered Derek Henry's fumble for a touchdown, which I fucking loved. But you loved that, as we'll get more into. on that later. Yeah, I, I'm just overall pretty pretty satisfied uh, with my team. 100, 112 points. You can't really complain. Um, 
Rob's team sucks. Um, so I was, I was pretty happy. Uh, I, I desperately needed this win uh, after a, a rough couple of weeks. Um, and honestly, unless Sam, you have anything specific to say about it. Um, I kind of want to just see if we'd be willing to segue that into, um, a conversation about Sam, your matchup, though it was the best matchup. So I don't know if you want to leave it for last, but no, I'm pro segue. Okay. So, I mean, this was huge for me. Like getting this win was very big for me. And then all of my attention went to Sam, um, who, when I say narrow, narrowly, I don't think you can't get any more narrow than, than this victory. Oh, you can, you can, you can get 0.02 point victories. You know what? You're right. <laughs> good memory that. there david huh uh, i did forget about that i Just trying I, to block that I, out i did everything i could i including not coming to the not coming to the recording um to forget that but it didn't work um yeah but as uh, about as close about as narrow as you could get um sam defeated defeats Himmy neutron 94 to 93.9 this was huge for me obviously brings john luca to seven and five so I'm one game, one game away from him, and now Sam joins me at six and six, also one game away from him. So Sam, what talk to me? Yeah, you know this one was close. Um, in terms of what the team brought, you know, if you take a look at my bench, I don't really think you could really put a bench regret in minus, I guess, subbing Kyron Williams for Alvin Kamara. But that's one of those where you don't really make that decision unless you know something. Uh, Alvin had a rough day. I think he fumbled twice. Um, may have gotten hurt. I think there was like a, or maybe he was hurt heading into it. I forget how that played out, but he wasn't himself. He put up one point. The rest of the team, you really can't be disappointed with the effort. You know, they rallied around Alvin's struggles and, you know, came to life. Justin Tucker was my second highest scorer at 14 points. So thank you, Justin, for your service. Um, Derek Carr, new guy on the roster, came in, gelled with everyone real well, put up 26, you know, almost 27 points. And going into Monday Night Football, where I knew that George Pickens and Najee Harris had to outscore Pat Fryermuth by a handful of points. I forget the exact number. I thought in the first half after the Najee Harris touchdown, I was in striking distance. I was down about two points. And then Najee Harris exited the game with a rib injury. Or abdominal injury. My apologies. So from there, I was a little bit scared. I wasn't watching the game. I couldn't put myself through that kind of pain. Um... A little while later, I opened up the fantasy app, see that George Pickens, I think, had a reception and maybe like a two-point conversion and got the additional like two and whatever, 2.3 points that I may have needed to seal that victory. So, you know, we're proud of the guys. It's a winner go home. Every game is a must win as we're, you know, on the cusp. We're on the bubble of the playoffs here. So, overall, very good week. Uh, Luca, you gave me an ass-beating week one. I have now have vengeance on that. So here's to hoping that this is the turnaround for my team this season and we can uh, have finish out strong and make the playoffs. Yeah, great win, Sam. Great win. It was fun to watch. Uh, you know, that, that two-point conversion by George Pickens, I know, must have ripped some hearts out, but also must have put joy in some people's hearts like yours. Um, so, you know, I'm happy to see you get the win. Happy to see you back to competing after we basically left you for dead on this show. So, uh, congratulations. Yeah, you know, after the, whatever, I put up 40 points the week before. Just, just bounce back. 
we're, we're glad to get a good bounce back win against a good team. You know, Hemi Neutron is a very good team. They're no match for me, but we'll, uh, you know, we'll let the, the scores do the talking here, the standings the rest of the year. Is this the start to Luca collapsing and David and I winning the next two games and Luca losing the next two and we make the playoffs over him? Maybe. I'm not saying it will, but that would be incredible. Crazier things have happened. Possible. That it's, would be, that would be, this awesome. is like a 2007 Mets collapse we're talking here. Like, I can get more on this into tomorrow's episode, but just let's just say, let's not just say, I, I have ran legitimately 100,000 simulations on how this season can end. And I can talk more about that on tomorrow's episode of All Kill lovely. Focus. <laughs> lovely, lovely, lovely. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, but good job, Sam. Who else do we want to talk about? While we're giving praise, why don't we just go right to you, Kyle? I know we're going to throw all the close matches, but I kind of feel like we're just on a roll here of good games. So you also had a narrow victory of three points, 3.02 if you want to get specific, 87.82 to 84.8. Talk me through it. I mean, Josh Allen looked like Josh Allen again. That must have been refreshing. The 49ers D gave you 12 points. Very nice to see. It was very nice to see. Uh, you know, I had two big Thanksgiving performances, Al Josh Allen and also Saquon. Uh, you know, 11.2 points, not didn't still didn't meet his projections, but still not bad. Uh, Dalvin Cook scared me when he had 5.6 on Thursday night, so I was concerned where that went. Um, the rest from there, you know, the 49ers defense has really been coming up clutch for me in the past few weeks. Um, yeah, David, yeah, I'm sure you have comments. Um, you know, the past two wins I've had are com- by a combined total of 3.04 points. Um, so am I getting lucky? Yes. Am I going to keep riding it? Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm honored to be the first person to officially clinch their division. Uh, Mark, Bass, Mark Bass, shout out. Uh, also was able to clinch a first round bye thanks to Luca losing. Um, so, you know, that, that, that'll be very exciting for me. I'll, I'll be able to take a week off and just enjoy football for a change rather than stressing about matchups. Um, but Nick put up a good fight. You know, Joe Burrow had 20 points. Uh, I was very nervous watching A.J. Brown go off on – I guess he didn't go off, but watching A.J. Brown play on Sunday night. Uh, I think it was about an 11-point game, at, you know, heading into that game. And, you know, we all know what he's capable of, 20-point, 30-point performances. Um, you know, Nick's a formidable foe, and I want to see a lot of Mark, Mark Bass division uh, representatives in the playoffs. So I'm hoping he'll still be able to make it. He looks like he's in a pretty good spot right now. Um, I, just have to say, I just have to say, if mm-hmm. not for, like, I, obviously it's a really good week for you because you clinched and like now you can kind of start chilling a little bit. But if not for Derrick Henry fumbling at the one yard line when he was yeah. going to walk in for a touchdown, oh, yeah. Not only would you have lost because you would have, but I also think like there might be a little bit of panic setting in for you. Oh yeah, you absolutely. Because- You've not you you've not really been scoring the way that you at the beginning of the season were scoring. You have not been as dominant as you were in the beginning, and like Saquon really is kind of falling off a little bit. Dalvin Cook hasn't done much recently. Damian Pierce put up a big old one point six. So I just I want to remind you. Obviously, I know vibes are high, and I don't want to get you down, but you were a Derrick Henry fumble on the one yard line. Um, away from being nine and three, not clinched, and probably ultimately pretty concerned. Oh, fantasy football is ninety percent luck, ten percent skill. Um, 
I will gladly take that fumble. I know I was that fumble away. Um, if 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 last year shows us anything, it's that anything can happen once you're in the playoffs. So you just got to make it there. You can be the sixth seed, scored lowest points in the league in the year, and end up a champion. That's what happened last year. Um, so I'm just my only focus this year was getting to the playoffs because I know that anything can happen. Anything can happen that can positively impact me. Anything can happen that can negatively impact me. But just getting to the playoffs, uh, that was the goal this year. Um, you know, anything else in that is just, you know, extra and something that the guys are pushing for. Um, but, you know, or the season's not done. So, you know, we'll be able to hopefully we can keep this this luck streak riding and get into the uh, second round of the playoffs. And as it stands right now, every single person, every single person has a chance to 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 win the championship, except for one person. Gil, I think two. Who else? Gil and I think, who else? I think Rob is officially eliminated. Oh I, yeah. But let me run through the numbers while you guys review the next matchup, and we we can see. Well, wait. Before I don't want to harp too much longer on this matchup. I know we've talked about it a lot here, but Kyle, before you do that research, mm-hmm. can you tell us what the hell you're doing with Isaiah Pacheco. Mm. You know, he's really keeping on to him. Uh, he was he's really your highest scoring back, and he's on your bench. You want to talk about shit that Monday morning quarterback, if you had lost this game, you oh, would yeah. have been absolutely, devastated. absolutely devastated. And, you know, all of our running backs know it's a next man up mentality, and that Isa is, you know, he's, he's itching to get a spot in the starting lineup right now. Um, we've had the conversations in our running back room. Um, they know that, you know, it, it might be close to coming, and you might see, you know, you might see him starting for us a game for us in the playoffs. Um, I mean, third week of over 15 carries. What the hell are you waiting for? Christmas? You know, you know Sam, it, 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 it's a process that we've had in place for the entire season at this point. We don't want to stray too far from the process. Um, yours hasn't worked. You have six wins. I have 10. Um, so just want to keep that in check with you. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll make the decisions that we need to make and the ones that we feel confident in. You know, we're riding with Dalvin, Saquon, and Damian right now. Uh, that's not to say that we don't have trust in Isa Pacheco. But, you know, he's going to have his chance soon. He will. All right. Well, we're Whether not it be this season, podcast. whether it be next season. We're not a fantasy advice podcast, but Pacheco had 22 touches this week. Damian Pierce had five. So next matchup, <laughs> let's talk about – you know, this one was actually surprisingly close. I wasn't aware of this. We had a really competitive week, guys. I didn't really look at these scoreboards because I was so focused on my own. But let's talk about Gil and Philly D's nuts versus Matt Cress and the Nerd Squad. Talk about eking out a win. Gil puts up 92.4 points, a pretty valiant effort for a guy who admittedly sucks at fantasy football. And Matt doing his thing gets 95. Again, a very solid week. Um, Finally, the two running back or the two Green Bay running back system worked for him. They combined for about 30 points. Other than that, you didn't have a, you know, other than T Higgins' performance, you didn't have a lot that really jumped off the page. I mean, Tua was, Pedestrian at 18 points, but it was enough to match Dak, who put up 18.8. Um, Latavius Murray keeps working for Gill, so I guess that's good for him. 9.8 points. You have an RB2 there. Amari Cooper had one of those weeks where he looks like a decent fantasy option. And overall, I mean, Matt just barely eats out a win. He's kind of in the same position that David and I are now, where you're you're on the bubble of the playoffs. Uh, you have Deshaun Watson coming back. He's on bye this week, and then I believe the next week, so the last week of the regular season. Matt has somehow put himself in a position to make the playoffs. Gil has not. Gil loses a tough one, but he didn't really have a chance to begin with. He couldn't play spoiler this week. Gil, you know, we're talk- we just talked about people clinching. Gil is 
clinch to the very last place in this league with two weeks to go. Well, good for Gales. This is the second straight year? Yep, it'll, it'll be a second straight year in last place, and Rob is officially eliminated from the playoffs. Got it. Tough. Tough. Tough luck. Um, yeah, all, all I really wanted to say was just I, I was watching this game a little bit on Sun, like this matchup on Sunday a little bit, and I would have it just would have been hilarious if Gil beat Matt just because that's just Gil's MO to beat Matt. Um, or is it Matt's, Jim who's really good against Matt? It's Jim, but it is also Matt's MO to lose to bad teams. Yes, yeah. that, okay, so that's fair. Um, and honestly, I don't know what, exactly what the standings in the Mark Bass division look like. Um, if anybody has that readily available, but had he lost, I like that would have been a massive choke loss, like mm-hmm. the worst possible time to lose because it would have, I think it would have eliminated him. Um, eh, he still would have been able to do it. He would have needed a lot of scenarios, but had I mean, he lost, Matt holds on. But again, and I think, I think. Like Sam alluded to with with Deshaun Watson coming back, I think that could change, uh, potentially change Matt change Matt's trajectory. Either that, or Deshaun Watson's going to be like a shell of himself after not playing for three and a half. And do we think that say Matt wins this upcoming week? I'm not even sure who his matchups with, and say that he it's a winner go home, or even say he loses and it's a winner go home situation in the last week of the regular season. Deshaun Watson's coming back Mm. with a roster that has two up. And Kyler Murray on it. Do we really think that he's going to start a quarterback that is coming literally off of however many, almost what two seasons of not playing football? That's true. I forgot. I forgot he's he's got Tua going. Like you have Tua, who's been probably your best quarterback. You traded for Kyler when you thought that Tua may never play football again. I mean, do you, do we really think he's got Taylor Heineke? He's got another viable quarterback. Why does he have so many quarterbacks? Yeah, I, I, I saw that the other day, and I was really questioning it. I don't understand it. Regardless, do we, like... Oh, it's like Sean's West. wet dream. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see him playing Deshaun Watson. I'm not even sure why he's on a roster at this point. I mean, unless he really comes back in that last week of the regular season and torches it. Because in, then in the playoffs, it's winner go home every week. And so say Deshaun has a slow first game back. You're not going to trust him your first round of the playoffs. If you manage to win, then you're in the second round. Are you really going to make a quarterback change again? Like, it's something to consider. Not a point to really harp on too much, but just wanted to put that one out there. Yeah, I'm intrigued where he goes with this one. Um... Can I say one one thing about Gil? Yeah. Um, last point. I just want we've given Gil a lot of shit, rightfully so, because he's been horrendous, <laughs> um, like horrifyingly bad. Um. It is worth noting, and I'm not saying this is the reason why he's 1-11. He's 1-11 because he's been really bad. He has had the most points scored against him, which in good old fantasy football has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with, with the other people you're playing. So there's a reason why his luck score is as low as it is, whereas I think he's the worst luck score. Um, he is, but he's also not the lowest points allowed, but continue. He's not? Who is? Uh, Matt. Oh, I thought I, I just missed Matt. Oh, look at they, they played each other, but all right. Second, then, so I'm just saying, let's give Gil a little bit of slack. Maybe if not for that, maybe he'd have I don't know three wins. He'd still be the worst team in the league. But I'm just trying to give Gil some some help, some credit. If my team wasn't asked the week that I played him, he'd be zero and twelve, and we'd write him for dead. Let's move on. 
<laughs> also true. Oh, Talk about a team that we've also been giving a lot of shit. Larry and I miss Zach and it hurts, which I think is a fun team name. Um, squared up against Julian, the Owls Broncos. Another tight matchup, 109.92 to 114.12 in favor of Mr. Rooney, who I don't even know if you call it sneaky, but like being eight and four kind of came as a surprise to me. I feel like he's starting to string together a couple of different win streaks here. That, And it's not that, again, his team was as bad as it was last year, but it's actually it's been significantly better. But with just how up and down every team has been this season, the fact that we're not all 500 other than Kyle, I feel like kind of comes as a surprise. Larry, in my mind, has kind of separated himself from the pack as the second horse now. Like it goes Kyle in his own tier. He's his own wagon. And then you have Larry, you know, comfortably behind Kyle. And then the rest of us at this point, maybe Nick has like an inch over a couple of us at the that six and six dog pile. But, or even like Luca's in that conversation, but... The rest of them, I feel like, are much more closer together. The Lucas, the Knicks versus the Julie, myself, David, kind of crowded. I think there's another six and six. Oh, uh, Crest is six and six. But yeah, I think he's separating himself, and this is a big win for him. Um, and another tough loss for Julie, who is that two straight losses for her now? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, was she beat her the week before that? Oh, no. No, she won last week. Or was it two weeks ago that I played her? I had beaten her recently. Yeah, I think it was two weeks ago. But, uh, yeah, Julie, you know, I think she had founded that wagon to your team earlier in the season. Um, the, the wagon just has, at this point, just fallen apart, shoddy workmanship, um, not making right decisions, because guess what she did this week? She sat DJ Moore. I don't see the problem. DJ Moore had 16.3 points, and Juju Smith-Schuster had 3.8. Had she started, stuck with her guns, and stuck with the guys who got her, six wins at that point, she would have had seven wins. Julie, what damned. are you doing? Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, we all know my feelings on DJ Moore, so I don't blame her for what she had done. But something that I do find interesting is Julie, since week eight, is now four and one. Or, sorry, one and four over her last five games. You want to talk about a collapse? I hate, I feel like, I feel like we always bully Julie on this show, but I mean, and granted, you know, her one loss was against Nick, which was decided by less than a point. This week was pretty co- close against Larry. Um, I put up 124 on her, so that was, that's going to be a tough one to come back from. But overall, you know, maybe it could have turned into like a three and two situation, but going one and four in your last five, yeah, you've fallen off the wagon tier. Um, specifically in two of those weeks, she couldn't break 85 points. She had 80 and 82 uh, in weeks nine and 10 against Kyle and myself. Yeah, Julie, it's, it's, you know, you gotta get your shit together for these last two weeks. Hate to say she can it. do it though. Her team's good. Just, oh, you absolutely can do it. This is tough love, but you gotta get your shit together. And, and also really quick, mind you, if not for Josh Jacobs running for an 84 yard game yeah. and touchdown in overtime, Larry's not winning this game. It, also Julie, true. Julie would have won. So if I'm Julie, I say, okay, I, I scored 109 points, almost 110 points, and it took a 42.3 point performance by Josh Jacobs for me to lose. I'm not like, I'm not panicking. The problem is she is now six and six and not guaranteed, you know, not in any way guaranteed the playoffs. So yes. that's a problem. But 
but in, in terms of like her performance, like I think her team was fine. Um, Larry just continues to get otherworldly production out of Josh Jacobs. Yeah, he's a he's a, someone I wish I drafted, but I tried to trade for him earlier this season. Well, that's unfortunate for you, but I should have given up more. Larry, good job. You're you're a miracle. You're three and a half miracles away from uh, clinching a playoff spot. So you're you're darn close. Um, try and seal it up this week. I think we have one more matchup that'll bring us to Sean versus Jim. This I'd was... like to launch an investigation. Continue. I'm sorry Continue, to cut please. you off there. It's okay. I would love to hear what this is. I would like to launch an investigation on behalf of Jim Elliott and the All American Bud Eaters. Um, I'm offering my my attorney work pro bono. Um, Jonathan Taylor should have been, um, a, I don't know if you'd say awarded. He, he should assessed. have been. He should have been assessed the fumble on the goal line last night. That should not have been a fumble for Matt Ryan. That is ridiculous. That was a Matt Ryan fumble. He literally placed it in Jonathan Taylor's chest. And Jonathan Taylor just didn't grab it. That should have been a Jonathan Taylor fumble, which would have given Jim the win. I don't want to hear it, Sean. Your ass, your team is ass. You started Samaj P. Ryan, and he was your fucking, what, your second highest point scorer or third highest? No, Jonathan Taylor third. should have had a fumble. This is, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Shout out, Jim. You wanted my book. You're the winner. But he did yeah. win where it counts. Jim is the winner. Can I add some some color to the because I did look into the Jonathan Taylor fumble because I did think it was mm-hmm. intriguing and I thought it'd be a conversation we talk about here by letter of football law. Okay, Jesus Christ! <laughs> in order for the running back to be credited with the fumble, he has to have possession of the ball. He must catch the ball and perform a football move, okay, which we all know is a gray term anyway. That can mean a thousand things. So depending on how you interpret it. As you mentioned, the ball was put in Jonathan Taylor's chest. Did he put his hands around it? Not really. Did it hit the ground? Yes. So, therefore, it's technically accredited fumble to Matt Ryan. There was no football move performed. If anything, it was kind of the opposite. He performed, like, an unathletic non-football move by just, you know, chest-bumping the football. So, just want to add some color. But the only reason why there was no football move performed was because he dropped the ball. Yes, precisely. So Well, he didn't – you have to technically have the ball to drop the ball. Good point. He just didn't take it. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, it's the difference between an incomplete pass and a, and a drop pass. You know, if it hits the receiver's hands and it falls at the drop, but if they just completely miss the route and just run somewhere else, technically it's not a drop pass. It's just a stupid incompletion. Unbelievable. So, just wanted to add that color there, Kyle. I'm not sure if you want to comment or if we should just get on to the matchup here because another very close one. I mean, yeah, good win for Sean. I mean, he needed he needed wins. This is what, his uh, his third in a row. He's putting himself back in playoff conversation. Uh, we all, like we've been saying also, it's, it's a tight race coming into the last two weeks. Uh, you know, Sean be able to win out and probably and might be able to sneak into the succeed, uh, depending on how some other things shake out. But I'm, I'm, I'm sensing that you boys don't think he deserves to be there. I, I'm indifferent. You know, I know I, I understand where the ruling came from. I more so have one question about Sean's roster that I'd like to get your guys' take on. Mm-hmm. Trick or treat Christian Watson. Treat. Uh, trick. He's had three straight weeks 
of double-digit fantasy scoring, 28-17-17. Kyle, you're saying treat. David, you're saying trick. Yeah. I'm leaning towards a treat as well. Three straight weeks. Um, we'll see maybe if Romeo Dobbs comes back and that changes. But it, it see, we all know Aaron Rodgers likes to throw to one singular receiver most of the time, and it's been Devontae Adams forever. So I think he's more of a treat, but it's just a little you know conversation that we can look back on maybe in a couple more weeks if Sean decides. He obviously also thinks that Christian Watson is a trick because he did not start him. So the only reason I say treat, I, I say trick, is because he has only had four catches in each of the last in each of the last three games. The only reason why he scored as much as he scored is because he's got six touchdowns in those games. So he's he's currently converted twelve catches for six. He's on a fifty percent touchdown. Like yeah. per reception, which is just not sustainable. That's not sustainable production. He's not seeing that many targets. And the only reason why his he got even 17 points last week was because his touchdown, I think, went for like 65 yards. So yeah, it's like target share is at eight, six, and six over the last three games. It's not something that entirely, I guess. Yeah, I don't believe that he's like a 15 plus point per game guy, but as a wide receiver two flex option over who's Sean's current receivers. I would put him in over Gabe Davis comfortably, but I put I would put Garrett Wilson in over Christian Watson. Well, that's a different conversation. Yeah, I'm just saying. But he shouldn't have won anyway. Not a fantasy advice podcast, but yeah, there was a couple of maybe bench regrets out there that uh, could have been thrown in there had Sean lost. But good for him that he did not. Jim, you know, just got bounced back after this. It was tough to see Jarek McKinnon in your starting lineup. Uh, that couldn't have that couldn't have felt good having to do that. Um, you know, good points out. Nick Chubb, we'll, hopefully he can sustain that for the rest of the regular season and uh, help you get a playoff spot. You technically could still lock up the division, Jim. You'll also tough, uh, tough bench regret there with uh, Zay Jones. Yeah, yeah, that could have gotten you the win there. Even Rashad White. There are a lot of bench regret options, which makes me excited to get into the awards for this week. Yeah. But uh, but before we get into awards, we need to hear. From our sponsor of today's lovely podcast, it is our lo- even lovelier partner, Anchor. Thank you, Anchor. You are our favorite sponsor, our favorite podcasting platform. There's not enough good things that we can say about Anchor. Speaking of things that we can't say enough good things about, let's talk about our weekly awards. Specifically, our MVP, the most valuable player, the guy that usually does very good things that we can't stop talking about. This one, I feel like we may have overshadowed a little bit just because of how tight of a game that it was, but I feel like we really didn't touch on Josh Jacobs as much as we should have. The dude had like a million yards and what was it? Two touchdowns for, yeah. 40, for 42.3 fantasy points. Yeah. You know, when we were talking about the matchup, we kept saying, Oh, you know, Larry only won because of an 84 yard touchdown by uh, by Josh Jacobs. Yeah, but even if without that 84 yard touchdown, J- Jacobs still would have had what like 250 something yards rushing. No. I'm sorry, 150. Yeah, I was going to say 150 something yards rushing <laughs> and 74 yards receiving and a touchdown. You know that's still pretty fucking good. That's a 20 something point game in and of itself. Wouldn't be enough to get the win for Larry, but. Still a good performance, but yeah, 42.3 points uh, in a matchup that was this type, that definitely warrants MVP, you know, consideration for me. So I agree with you. Same. Yeah, and it had been a it had been a, 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 a comparatively quiet couple of weeks for Jacob, so I'm sure Larry's happy to see him bounce back with a big, a big, big performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll have big, 
big stretches down the rest of the season. Uh, let's see if he can continue carrying Larry towards a division title, if not a championship. Speaking of Las Vegas Raiders getting awards, I think our pickup of the week belongs to somebody on this show. Somebody who, who had the brass nuts. I guess it's not really brass nuts when the other only other option is Russell Wilson on your bench. But Sam, I want to give Derek Carr the pickup of the week. In a 26.8 point performance where you won by .1 point, every single yard, every single carry mattered. How proud of Derek are you? And will he be your starter moving forward, do you think? We're not going to talk about any sort of starters or things like that. We're going to enjoy this win. Um, one thing that I would like to shout out, speaking of every single yard, Derek rushed for 10 yards. That gets us one fantasy point. That fantasy point made a difference, Derek. I really appreciated it. Those those two carries that you gave yourself in some scrambles, getting those 10 yards, not taking a sack, losing yards, that was that was big. Um, so I'd like to thank Derek for his you know great week. It's a shame that Josh Jacobs had two touchdowns rushing because they could have been maybe a receiving touchdown or two to you know boost Derek's point total. But he got us enough to score. We're very happy with them. Um, and yeah, we appreciate his efforts. Uh, I have nothing to add for Derek Carr. Good job. Um, ultimately, he was actually pretty unimpressive in my opinion, but. He had 26 points. Yeah, but he threw like what, like three picks, two picks? I think he had two picks. He had, yeah, he had two picks, but. He still helped Sam win. Huh? He still helped Sam win. He did. He did help Sam win. He did. That, that is true. He's good in my book. Uh, who's our fan tracks player of the week? Oh, do we have a Fantrax player of the week? Debo. Ah, thank you. Debo. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so we're staying in this matchup, and Fantrax is Debo Samuel. Player. It's Fantrax player of the week is Debo Samuel. 4.3. It's Snickers bar. Yeah, no, he's more of like a uh, like an almond joy, I think, now. After this huh. week. After this week. 4.3 points in a game again, a game but which Luca lost by point one point. Uh can't be great seeing that out of your superstar. Can't be great. Yeah, I mean we 10 yards is one point, right, in our league? Yes, correct. The average human stride is about two and a half feet or, you know, close to a yard. Debo had to take one more step to tie that game. He didn't have it in him. <laughs> I mean, you <laughs> lost by a footstep. 4.3 points. You got to get to 4.4. He couldn't take one more step somewhere in that game while holding the football. Crazy, crazy stuff to me, but... I'll take it. I'll take the win. Thank you, Debo, for thank you for your service for being a trick. <laughs> All right. And speaking of tricks, why don't we get into our bench regret? Because Julie, you have been bamboozled, run amok, led astray by Mr. DJ Moore. We're not a fantasy advice podcast, so I take zero responsibility for what had happened this week. But as we touched on in the recap, DJ Moore, who's been terrible, terrible, terrible over the last three weeks, puts up 16.3 points. He's put up like maybe seven or eight points throughout the last three weeks combined. So he pretty much doubles that production in one day. He did find the end zone. He fell in there. That's every single double-digit effort that DJ has this year. He gets into the end zone. So, you know, they happen sometimes. I don't really harp on it too much, but with 
the fact that it would have made a difference in your matchup with Larry, I do have to award you the bench regret this week. Yeah, just uh, Sam, I'm going to agree with you on that one, Julie. I've been trying to get you to say the to do, you know, let me can let me restart that because we don't make anybody do anything on this show. I've been, I've been saying that DJ Moore is a good fantasy football player, and he showed it this week. You didn't start him, Julie. What the fuck? That's all I have to say. You don't trust me. I I get it. I get it. Um, you yeah, I have. A, I do have a different a different bench regret. I I had DJ Moore, um, uh, but I do just want to shout out um John Luca for benching Miles Sanders, um, in favor of DeAndre Swift, Tony Pollard, or Debo Samuel. Um, Miles Sanders had twenty eight points. The three guys I just mentioned who he could have replaced with Miles Sanders didn't score twenty eight points combined. They scored eighteen. Um. And when you lose by a tenth of a point, um, having DeAndre Swift put up 6.3, Tony Pollard put up 6.1, and Debo put up 4.3, while Miles Sanders puts up 28, not a great look. Um, so, Miles Sanders, when when you have your highest your highest scoring player um, on your bench, I just have to penalize that. That's fair, fair. Enough. fair enough. I think that'll do it for today's episode of All Kill Focus. Be sure to join us tomorrow where we will go through our biggest regrets of the season and our week 13 pickums. We will see you then. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. The hawk will never die.